hello, and welcome to the DTF Podcast with another episode of Just a Tad. My name is Sam Norton. Thanks for listening, you pieces of shit. Speaking of pieces of shit, we're going to be talking about joke stealing today, a topic that almost all of you have not said you wanted me to talk about, but I'm going to right now. Uh, so we're going to be talking about joke stealing, and here's the thing. Uh, we got a special guest today, uh, my good friend. Notorious and, joke thief. Notorious joke thief, which is why I had to have him on. Uh, my good friend Dan Friesen. Hello. Give it up for Dan, everybody. Uh, yeah, my, my people who don't have arms, they just have hot breath. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dan Friesen, uh, if you guys don't know, is a uh, local Chicago comedian I've known for, I think, six years now. Yeah, probably. Sounds right. Uh, from, uh, from the Windy City. Of Columbia, Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's blustery. It, well, we're all windswept plains. Sure, sure. You guys Kansas, don't have Missouri. It's all one. It's all one thing. It's one uh, big, Oklahoma, big wind bowl. Exactly. Uh, he, uh, he and I have known each other forever. And, uh, he. We don't know how we met. Uh, yeah, I don't. I actually don't know how we met. We have no idea. I don't know. We probably got drunk and said, "Hundred <laughs> percent." That's yeah. what happened. And uh, so today, uh, I was going to go re- record this podcast, and uh, this beautiful man said, wanna... hey, Margs. Yep, that was uh, the text. Because we, we go get Guy Margs, and I said, no, let's do a podcast together. And he, he said with a, a real frowny face, I, okay, I guess we can work. <laughs> yeah, he used some really, really cool emoticon. So I, I turned our Sex in the City day into talking uh, talking about joke stealing. But hey, we're still going to be little bitchy assholes. This is All kind right? of like the man comedian sex in the city is doing a podcast exactly drinking sh- the champagne of beers yeah, today we're represented uh represented we're sponsored by miller high life and cracker jacks and cracker jacks uh and uh we're gonna just be bitching about people we don't like which is it's weird uh, for all you longtime listeners you know I, I usually talk about things i love and enjoy in fact i think on the last podcast i, I was very adamant that i was going to stay positive on this mm. Uh, but fuck it. Today's today was today, and yesterday was yesterday. So I think an argument can be made that you actually like these joke thieves. In some ways, you like other of their works, so that's a positive aspect. That and is then, true. A secondary thing, I think you even like that joke thieves come up that you get to complain about them. See, that's why Friesen and I are such good friends, because he finds the positive in every one of my negatives, which mm-hmm. has never been said in no. the history of ever. <laughs> ever about me. Except for right now. Yeah. I, no one's like, Dan, Mr. Brightside over here. You just repre- you just, you guys just listen to the ADBC switchover of stand-up comedy. Yeah. And uh, that was him being positive. So, today, yes, talking about joke stealing joke thieves, uh, a real... Kind of unspoken. Eh, it's been spoken about a little bit more, but it's a real unspoken, unapproached uh, uh, problem in comedy because it's it's a little hard to tackle. And uh, in this business that's based purely off of relationships, uh, that that really does strain a relationship when you uh, say someone's a joke stealer or the, when you are a joke stealer. So it's the comedy equivalent of like calling someone a racist or a sexist. Whenever they're the or actually being a racist or sexist well, at work, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. If it's true, it's the equivalent of being it. Yeah. But if you're just being accused of it, it's sort of the equivalent of trying to shut someone down with like you're a joke thief. Yeah. You're a sex. It's and the, it's the, the same, same thing because you can't really go like, no, I'm not. And people believe you. Once let, you're accused, it's you're kind of fucked. Let me try and prove a negative that yeah, I'm exactly. not this thing. It's almost impossible. Let me try to negate a, ne- a negate a negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, have, I tried to go smarter than you, and it didn't. It, didn't happen. it didn't take. It was like one of those like sticky octopuses you throw against the wall. You're like, hey, my- nope, it fell down. A B D C. So we we're gonna uh, we have a few clips. We're not talking about any one thing, but it, we have a few clips that we're gonna get into uh, real quick. The, the main people we're gonna talk about uh, for you guys to know out there is. Uh, Really good Boston comedian for the longest time. He was on a we talked about him on an early episode. Dennis Leary. He's an asshole. He's an asshole. We talked about him. Uh, I think episode four. Did you talk about the song? 
Uh, no, we played it oh. at the end. <laughs> hey, we might play it again now. Uh, but no, that, that we talked about uh, him versus Greg Giraldo uh-huh. on Tough Crowd, which is great. But Dennis Leary was uh, has been accused in the past, and I think proven on a, a few uh, actual spots of stealing jokes from Bill Hicks and Louis C.K., so we'll get into that. Uh, we but he was great in Wag the Dog. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> What a, what a deep cut reference. It's a good movie. Um, we'll also talk about Carlos Mencia. A few years ago, he was accused of stealing by, I think, all of the city of L.A. Pretty much everybody. In fact, people who weren't even doing comedy, they were just uh, out mowing lawns. Uh, they were just like, yeah, no, he stole my jokes, too. I was in Columbia, Missouri when that happened, when that all broke out. And there were, like, local open micers in Columbia, which is a city that doesn't even have a comedy scene. And they were mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, that, and that was perpetrated, not perpetrated, that was put to light by Joe Rogan. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about... Uh, a few of the people in that clip. And then uh, we're also uh, maybe dive into a little uh, Amy Schumer and Robin Williams, uh, two people that are very well respected, but also it's one of those things that they also got accused and then had to kind of claw their way out of the dirt to say that they weren't. So, uh, uh, guys, listen uh, listen to the clip real quick. We'll come back and uh, have, a, have a grand old time of... Uh, just a tad with Dan Fries and Sam Norton. Bye, guys. Polar guys is good. It, well, you need your friend, though, right? Like, you, you're fucking him from behind, and then you sneak out, and he takes your place, and then you walk outside and wave at her through the window. And then you go, I'm here. The worst one I've ever heard is the Houdini which is where the guy's having sex with the girl from behind. Then unbeknownst to her, his friend subs in for him. Guy number one runs outside, knocks on the window, waves to the girl. Where the diet is that you pay a chef to slap the food out of your mouth. I came up with the scene, the sleep gym, because I was thinking I wish somebody could put me in a coma and work me out. And then one of the other writers came up with Slap Chef. So we just tacked it on. This is, uh, I just feel like we're all so lazy with weight loss. Like, we just want to be able to, I was just standing in a hot tub in Vegas one weekend. And I tried to get booked at Brad's Club. And uh, I was thinking, like, why can't I be exercising by just standing here? Sure, that's what, that's every American's dream. Right? So this is like an infomercial about a, a new weight loss plan for Americans. Let's take a look at this clip. But none of us had, you know, I'm uh, Kathleen's a great comedian. I had, I have never seen one of her specials. I had never heard her do that joke, and I also didn't even write. And that was season one of my show. So I get why poor people are fat. But Oprah, you're a billionaire. You have enough money to pay a man to stand there and literally slap shit out of your hand before you put it in your mouth. You... You could hire a full-time food slapper. Slap chef. With slap chef. With slap chef. Slap Chef, what's that? It's a new weight loss program that takes decision making out of the equation. How does it work? First, one of Slap Chef's world class chefs makes you one of their signature dishes. Then, before you can say Slap Chef, they knock it out of your stupid mouth. Slap Chef. Doing Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee's his friend. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Uh. I don't oh, know who that is. That's uh, Ned Holmes. Oh, Ned. I know Ned. Ned Holmes. Yeah, he's really good. Hey, that's all that stuff. How's he doing? Hey. Oh, 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 him, my dad would have to get on my shoulders to get on a ride at Disneyland. Right. Then he did a bit, literally, but this is, I can't do it. But is this, where is this Who going? Who cares? What the fuck? It's reality. Anyway, it's good to see you. Don't be a fucking This is the reason why comedians get away with stealing. Comedians like you are afraid of confrontation. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, yeah. Wait, oh yeah, yeah, someone told me you have a feud with this guy. No, I think I, I had him on my show. Oh, it, the is? mind of Mencia. That's what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, you have right. a feud with him, right? That, yeah, I don't know if it's much a feud as... Didn't you punch him out or something? Yeah, I did. You did? <laughs> what happened? Tell me. Feud. Well, you know, the guy was pretty liberal with some of the material, you know. And this it, is a co comedian? He had an HBO one-night stand that I think had like... Thir we, we counted 13 minutes of my material on it. And wow. We contacted ah. HBO, and I think they pulled it for a while. A picture of an asshole instead of a wheelchair and just make those the asshole spaces. And the whole bit. Anyway, so one night um, doing a show at a place called Played Against Sam's in Boston. And Dennis is the host of the show. He was a huge star in Boston at the time and uh, on the comedy circuit. And he went on after me. He was always nice to me, by the way. Put me on the mm. shows when I wasn't yeah. on, on them. Should be. Gave me guest spots. And then that night he went on after me. Uh, after I'd done the asshole bit and like went, that's really funny and like <clears throat> remarked on it and expounded on it. Like, yeah, like, and that, like, I'll do this because I'm an asshole and I'll do that because I'm an asshole. Like, he just started. He actually riff started riffing on Riffing it. on my bit, but acknowledging that he just watched me do it. Which, yeah. Which is, I think, is okay. And oh, then, boy. like, um, I don't know, a month later or something, I'm downstairs at Sam's. I just come walk in and he's doing, <laughs> he's just doing the bit. Just started, he just started doing it. And I was young and just started out, and I was like, well, he's huge. Wow, and, I'm flattered. What do I do? <laughs> well, and I remember thinking and to angry. myself, I remember thinking to myself, well, <clears throat> it's weird that he would steal. It's too bad that he has to. I'm tired of the bit myself. I feel I felt like I'd outgrown it, and so I just thought, I think I'd just let it go, and I did. And, uh, yeah, so then it became a, a, this, what I think you're about to play. Yes, of course. Yeah, 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 I tried. Louis song. <laughs> yeah. Dude, people in just, handicapped spaces and handicapped. Yeah, get that line too. I use public toilets and I piss on the seat. I walk around in the summertime saying, How about this heat? I'm on a Sometimes I park. <laughs> that was a montage of shitty people doing shitty things or good people accusing good people of doing shitty things. There, there was a lot going on. Sure. Um, now, uh, first thing uh, we can get started off to. Um, the, I, all right, so have you ever been uh, accused of joke stealing or no. accused someone of joke stealing? No. Because of how harsh of an accusation it is, I've always been very sensitive about that sort of thing, and I always feel like there's... Especially in our community here in Chicago, everybody's kind of friends for the most part. Yeah. It would be, it'd be very, I feel irresponsible to make those sort of accusations. So, it's but very I, irresponsible I, of you. I did run into one situation, and it's a situation that's very common in these joke-stealing things. Okay. Especially, even the mainstream ones, these big ones that we listen to. Uh, I had a joke that was very, very easy to write, and someone else, it popped up in their act. Gotcha. And it was a situation where I didn't think that that joke was essential to me at all. There was nothing of me in it. It was just more or less a pun that I'd come up with. Uh -huh. I knew the person had heard me do it, but I don't have proof that they didn't know that pun before I said it. Like, so there was no, like, I didn't feel any sense of ownership or betrayal at all. And I was just like, I'll just stop doing it. He can have it. See, I, okay, so the... the I, I always wonder the difference. One, everybody talks about the difference between stealing, outright stealing a joke, mm -hmm. and parallel thought. Right. Okay? Parallel thought is more the version where you and I both have jo uh, jokes about how uh, dogs are assholes. Or yeah. Something like that. The same topic, but slightly different wording. Different and we may have, like, in that whole thing, like, so... Par parallel f joke stealing is uh, usually word for word or a good chunk of it is like, wow, you said that exactly the way. Parallel thought is where, like, Dan is saying, like, we we both think dogs are assholes, but maybe we also end the same way where it's like, yeah, dogs are assholes, and why are they always pooping on my shoe? Like, mm. and then you go, oh, I was and it's like, and well, we both but, say it the same way. Yeah. The same but verbal that, tone. That parallel thought is like, well, it's a, is it... Did he steal it, or is it just an easy joke? Mm -hmm. I also think about it like this, as like, so, um, 
Uh, I, I've accused uh, one of my best friends oh of joke stealing. <laughs> this is back in Kansas City. Uh, his name's Alan Grafton. He's a fantastic He's a great dude. Great dude. He was actually my roommate for a very long time. Yeah, I, I know him because of you. I yes. Think. Yeah. He's, a, he's a fantastic comic, and back in Kansas City, we both had this joke. This is very early on in our careers, but we both had this joke about how uh, we were wondering why NASCAR cars have advertisements on them mm-hmm. because you can't really see them when you're at the track. But then we were like, oh, it's subliminal messaging. Every lap that goes by, you think you need Tide, Viagra, and whatever. It's basically the joke, sure. right? Well, we both did it, and I thought that was like my signature bit. And mm-hmm. then I saw him do it like two weeks later, and I'm, I confronted him. But it was, it was drunk Sam confronting him. Oh, uh, it's always drunk Sam confronting <laughs> people. Uh, but that was my first harsh lesson into not parallel thought, but just lack of originality. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times that's what, like the the Amy Schumer uh, clip. And everything. So, if you guys don't know, Amy Schumer is a huge stand-up. You know what? I'm going to talk like you know these fucking people. If you're listening to this by now, you're not a moron with Kyle. Amy Schumer, uh, this last year, blew up. She blew up, and then she also had uh, some problems that people were accusing her of stealing jokes from uh, Kathleen Madigan. Who who was the other? Uh, Wendy Liebman. Wendy Liebman, Patrice O'Neill. Like there was a few comics. Now here's the thing. I don't. Uh, I, I don't ever register it with like joke, like a a single set of punchline. Mm-hmm. That's one I think so in uh, insignificant to think of like oh you stole that joke. My bigger problem is when you steal a bit. Okay. You know what I mean? Like something. So you're talking about like in my instance, it was a joke, like a pun, quick thing. Whereas a bit, you know, you're you're talking about more of like a so this blah blah blah. Like there's a chunk. Yes, that's that's a bigger deal. I think I think that is the only deal because a joke. It's very rare that you think of a single joke that just blows the tits off of everybody mm-hmm. without it being framed in your bit. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I can think of Dave Attell having a bunch of examples of uh, little jokes that are are awesome. Okay. That, aren't in, in, right. that aren't in a big bit. You know what I mean? That's true. But you're right. It is very rare. But I mean, every day... De- my the example I had to go to is one of the best comics in the world. So My my thought, though, is like, how many people can pull off a David Teller or a Mitch Hedberg or something like that with the same uh, skill level? Cause, Almost nobody. Oh, Exactly. So it's one of those things that if you're doing a one-liner or you, you accuse somebody of stealing your joke... Um, then that joke probably wasn't as good as you thought it was because I I think the best jokes are when you set up the the, the setup makes the punchline better. Yeah. The you know what I mean like yeah. the the first few jokes like the uh, a really good example is uh, and I'm gonna assume that you guys know this fucking joke the Chris Rock uh, excuse me black. Black folks versus uh, yeah. you know, inwards. Sure, it's a good joke. That's a it's a solid bit, but you can't really take any of those punchlines by themselves. I mean, you can, but it's not the same ferocity. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things, and, and like, it's not the same without how he does it, delivers it. It's yeah, kind yeah. of like if you have uh, a recipe for a dish and you don't follow the instructions quite right. You can make a great lasagna or a shitty one using the same ingredients. Yeah, it'll still be a lasagna, yeah. but it's like, yeah, but you didn't make my lasagna. Mm-hmm. So that that's, tastes like shit. That's how I always uh, kind of differentiate. Now with uh, the first two examples you guys heard, uh, Dennis Leary with uh, Louis C.K.'s, especially the the asshole thing, mm-hmm. where Louis C.K. And, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I don't know if Louis a fucking asshole who just... I mean, he, he fuck, if he wrote that song and then Leary stole it, yeah, Leary's an asshole. But if if Louis's lying just to be a dickhead, mm-hmm. uh, then he's an asshole. But isn't, l- isn't more the deal with that one that Louis was sort of doing some bits about how he's an asshole and then yes. uh, Leary just took it and ran with it, sort of t- stole the essence or the He stole the joke it. and put music behind it. Yeah. Yes. Um, so at least he added music to it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Sure. I'm trying to save my love for Wag the Dog. Um, but that, but it, this is the 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 real uh, 
kind of ambiguity of this whole thing is where it, you almost have to define your morals, and people have different morals when it comes to uh, theft and perjury, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, I always wonder. And like uh, his whole thing with Bill Hicks is people say he stole majority of his premises and an act. And when you go back and look, there is a lot of parallel thought, and that's there's just, a lot of personality taken too. Yeah, so like that's, that to me is even worse than a bit. I agree. Is when you take. Uh, someone's essence. Yeah, that that's a term that I think was ruined by the Louis C.K. Dane Cook situation. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You stole the essence of this. Oh yeah, for you guys don't know, uh, or I mean, again, you should know, but uh, Louis C.K. also uh, famously accused Dane Cook of stealing his shit too. I don't think he accused him. I think everyone else did. Now Louis does this shitty thing. Uh, okay, <laughs> where he he'll like go, yeah, he doesn't. Nah, I don't want to talk about it. And then he knows that people are going to go like, oh, no, who? And he's like, well, you know, this person – I never said anything, but this this guy just stole jokes. But I'm not saying that. Like, he's right. just playing very passive-aggressive. I'm like, I'm I know not, what you're I'm doing. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I'm just saying is yeah, what Louis C.K. That does. That thing. Uh, that, that – but when you – if I were to – I don't even know how I would describe stealing your essence. But if I were to start wearing that <laughs> – <laughs> Wearing that hat on stage, painting my nails, <laughs> not wearing shoes, pandering to women. If I were to start doing those things, people would be like, Dad, you're starting to you know, steal who Sam is on stage. <laughs> and that would be, I think, a harsher crime than me taking an individual, even a chunk of yours. Why? Because you just sold out? What do you mean? Because I sold out. If no. you steal my essence, you sold out. Well, I don't. I don't. It, well, I mean, there's that aspect of it <laughs> okay. for sure. Thanks for going along with the joke and not turning it into a I, suck fest. No, I couldn't understand what you were saying. I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. I felt like it was either self-deprecating or an accusation, and I couldn't figure out which. Why is it? It can be both. Sure. Um, it's it's more that like authenticity is what's most important. So when you completely make yourself inauthentic, it's worse than just the thing you're saying being unauthentic. I guess. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I was opening up my beer. I understand. Uh, my Miller High Life beer, brewed in the great state of Milwaukee. Champagne of beers. Um, so wait, what about you? Have you ever stolen a joke? I was Have talking about this accused, with a friend. I guess. No, I was talking about this with a friend of mine. You've never copped to actually stealing a joke? I, I have. <sighs> I've stolen a joke. But it wasn't intentional. No, it was very much intentional. You are a son of a bitch. I will. Uh, I was talking about this with uh, uh, a mutual friend of ours. Okay. Um, I, I won't say his name because I don't think he wanted to admit it. Uh, but for me, um, everybody's done the thing where you're at like a shitty show and you're just scraping for your life mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, God, I need yeah. a joke. And the first thing that pops in your head, you say. A lot of times, it's like dealing with a heckler, and that, you know, if they're talking, you say that. that you basically steal a hacky joke, which is going like, hey, uh, you know, this isn't TV. I can hear you. Like, yeah. Everybody's done that. But that's public summer. domain. Yes. Now, I've done that uh, with one of my best friends. Uh, from, again, if you've. If you grew up with me in Kansas City and you're listening, I have probably used one of your jokes <laughs> <laughs> or accused you of stealing. We were we were just a rambunctious crew back then. But my my good friend Jeff Williams, um, there was a time I was doing a show and I was dealing with a heckler, and in some fashion the conversation just hit to where his joke was the first thing that popped in my head that I was mm. like, if I say this, it's going to be an atom bomb, right? Yeah. And so I said his joke, and it got the biggest fucking, like, applause, like, Wah! right? And I, I do admit that I stole it, but my saving grace that I can I can confidently say is I, I stole his bit, I got the applause and everything, and then once it died down, I was like, Hey guys, I gotta get real with you. Uh, that was my friend's joke, <laughs> and I was like, "Which actually can even be more funny." Uh, it can be. I said, "Not was." I, I honestly, I honestly can't remember. I think people just went like, "Okay, we didn't need to know that." But if you've won a crowd over, that like kind of admission is can almost be like, "Oh, this is humanizing, intimate." Like, I would, I think, I, I'm gonna say that's what happened. Okay, I, I honestly can't remember, but that would be great if. Uh, I humanized myself and everybody was on my side because I remember it being very hard up to that point, which is why I was dealing with a heckler. And then once I dropped that, it was uh, fantastic. So mm. 
but yeah, I, I did give him credit, but it's still, I still don't think that's okay to do, to be like, hey, here's a joke. Like, just do someone's whole act and be like, all right, that joke was brought to you by. Now, before I get off stage. <laughs> Ethically, I must uh, before before I get off stage and after you buy my T-shirt. Yeah, uh, that is definitely his T-shirt. Also on my T-shirt, it says I stole this T-shirt design. <laughs> I stole these Hanes five packs <laughs> from Target. Uh, so I've done I've done that, and I think a lot of comics have done that, but nobody wants to admit it. But it's like I definitely have, but I can't think of examples. I know I've I've. Uh, I can't, I, yeah, I can't even think of specific examples, but I know that I've had the moment where, like, exactly what you're describing, like, oh, the panic, oh, I, I uh, have to say something, yeah, I, and sli- I, I know I've said things that have been, like, not quite above board. I slept in, t- one night, uh, I was in Michigan, and uh, I was doing well, I wasn't even scraping by, but for some reason the jokes that I was doing in a row just morphed me into Mike Leibowitz, <laughs> who's a friend of ours. He's out in New York now. One He's very, best. very funny. Uh, but I just... You just took your shirt off on stage? No, or? but I was doing, like, my dick type oh, thing. Oh, yeah. And I, I paused, and I was like, I'm sorry, guys. That's my friend Mike Leibowitz. Like, I, I, cadence I is killed, so easy to get into. I killed my own set. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I could have gone the rest of the set and just been fine. Nobody mm. would have known, and I stopped and was like, I'm doing my friend Mike Like I don't know where that comes from. Well, and you, everybody just thought I was having a meltdown. You, I think... Uh, stumbled into another aspect of stealing that I think is is, is much more uh, common and difficult to sort of accuse people of. That is the, like stealing people's method of speech. Yeah, the, the essence. That's the. But that's that, it, it's it's lo- I, I feel like the essence is <laughs> the essence is impossible to nail down. But like people doing, you know, everyone talks about how there's a lot of David Tell, da 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 da, or sounding like Hedberg or Dane Cook or whoever. Sure, yeah. and, and or, in yeah. our circles, it is easy to do some that like that Lebo yeah, yeah. tone or the Danny Callis. Yeah, like there, dude, there, there are those people who have fun ways of speaking. I always came into that with Lane Pichelle. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I had t- trouble sometimes. It's so appealing to talk like him. Talk like Lane Pichelle. <laughs> uh, Six inch club, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's that's another subconscious thing that you can can trick yourself. So into. what's the what's the difference between is it is it one owning up to it and two? Uh, just is owning up to it. Does that set you back to right if that happens? Hopefully. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Thanks for your very vague. Well, I think if it's pu- if it's genuinely accidental or like a thing in your case where you legitimately did steal something, gave credit. Yeah, yeah. And it was a thing that you weren't gonna do again. Like if it's that. Then oh no, that's part of my act now. <laughs> <laughs> that's your pandering to women, chunk. <laughs> Fuck you. Um. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think, I hope so. I hope that there's recompense you can make and, and you can get back to... Okay, I, I, well then let me ask this. Go ahead. Do, do we, as the exalted uh, supreme leaders of comedy right now, uh, do we... For- it feels good to be that. By oh the way. yeah, that's why I'm leaning back in this yeah, chair right fuck now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got a powdered wig on. Ooh, <laughs> you're the judge. Uh, so, do we give... Uh, uh, do we forgive Carlos Mencia since he's actually come out publicly and said, "Yes, I stole. I, you know, it was not a good thing. I think he did it on like WTF." But what has he done since? Like, has he done anything really good since? I think that comes into it with the. I think he's a pariah. I don't think you can do anything after you. I mean, after that happens, mm-hmm. you're not going to be at the level that he was. That's so. True. I would... that's not that's not his fault if if we do forgive him. You know how when someone's a really bad alcoholic and maybe they're violent and maybe they're, you know, a really bad person, yeah. and then they get clean, recognize the error of their ways, and they start living, they're like, oh my god, they're actually a really nice person. Yeah, yeah. I think something like that could be possible for a Mencia type who's like, I realize I fucked up, fame got a hold of me, and I realized I needed to steal material in order to, I didn't feel like I had it in me. I'm sorry, I'm going to AA for it or whatever. Okay, I don't think he's done that. I, I haven't heard of him doing that. But, but not, if, not, You're saying if he does that. Not literally going to AA. But you mean, no, no, but like having that like, oh, I fucked amends. up. 
Yeah, having that because per- I've I've personally heard him on you know different interviews say stuff along the lines of like, yeah, I did. That was stupid. Uh, but it was never self-reflecting, like you just said. Like I, I was scared that I wasn't going to live it. It wasn't any of that. It, I was projecting into his head a little bit. <laughs> but but that, I, I would, I would take that as like a real honesty of like a little self-deprecation goes a long way in this business. I should be a PR manager. Uh, that is not true. <laughs> Let me put these shades back on. <laughs> uh, but like, so you're saying that even Mencia can have like a. You know, he he can come back as Iron Man. He can be a Robert Downey Jr. and everybody goes like, ah, you know, he's all right. I would be open to it if everything he was doing after he made that break of like this fake humanizing moment we just discussed. Yeah, yeah. After that, he starts coming with some realness and starts like he has like some really good stuff. Then I'd be like, oh, he never needed to steal in the first place. It was insecurity or something like that. I'm, okay. I'm fantasy booking a, like a world where I could possibly like him again. Okay. And I'm sure all of it is not real. No, he's probably fucked. He, and he probably has yeah, nothing yeah. without stealing. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you don't steal, in my opinion, and I hope you agree with this, but uh, in my opinion, you don't steal in the first place unless you have, you're, you're fucked. Yeah. Because that's... I, and I, like, that's why I brought up, like, I think everybody's done that because you've, you, I think every comic, when you're in a shitty situation and your back's against the wall, you've done either stealing from whatever mm-hmm. or you've done the hacky, like, you know, uh, public I'll come, domain I'll line. come to your house and kick the dick out of your mouth. Or yeah. So I, I know think, it's I in everybody, the- and I think that the, the separation is like, okay, you gotta, you got to cut it off at some point. I would argue, too, that there's a big difference between a panic moment in the middle of, like, uh, Michigan somewhere, like a one-nighter, and doing a special. No, no. I don't don't disagree with that, but I'm saying the the, the emotion is the same. It's that panic. mm Mm-hmm. It's no, it, because I, like, the, no, no, the no. special is... We're oh, talking not... about different things. Oh, we are? Yeah, I think so. I think what we're talking about that's acceptable is the panic of, ah, shit, it's in the moment. Yeah. Whereas the panic of, I'm not good enough, is what motivates the unacceptable kind of stuff. Yeah, when it's a sustained panic, yes. that means that you're just, you can't hack it where you're at. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're out of your league. No, I, I completely agree and with that. those fears... So we're not talking about the... Th- well, we're talking about but slightly different. Listen, this is my podcast. I'm sorry. When we're on your podcast, we can have you be right. I'm sorry. No, I'm that's totally not true. wrong. That no, that's not true. I'll still be right on yours. <laughs> Generally, unless your dad calls in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the interesting thing about these examples that you've laid out about stealing is, I think that they illustrate different forms of theft. Like each one is very different. Like the Robin Williams stealing, I think, is just him being a cokehead. Okay, for for all of you who don't know, Robin Williams was very famous in doing, I think, the nicest form of stealing ever. Yeah. He would, um, either knowingly or not, a lot of times it was knowingly, but a lot of people were like, yeah, he was just coked out of his mind. He would be at a comedy club, hear some, because he, he, uh, he really didn't write a lot. He wrote on stage. And he had a reputation for being around tons of stand-up. You yeah. Know, go to he things. was just He's... engrossed and networking all the time. And he was coked out of his mind, so he'd be at a stand-up show, hear somebody do something funny, and then like two weeks later go up and he'd be riffing and it would come out of his mouth and he would think it was his thing because he genuinely didn't. But the good th- – and the reason I said he did like the nicest form of stealing was at least to my knowledge – uh, he, on every account or almost every account, anytime he was accused of stealing or someone said, hey, you stole that joke from me, uh, he would pay somebody off retrospectively, which is still shitty, but yeah. it, but it is, it's better than nothing. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it, you at least retroactively turn somebody into a paid writer mm-hmm. instead of going like, ah, no, it's mine. And so. that's closer to a time when that was how things worked. Like, yeah, yeah, our yeah. version of stand-up now is so much you have to write your own shit, whereas just 20, 30 years ago, it was just par for the course for everyone to be like, oh, yeah, I have a team of writers. You know what I mean? Like. That, yeah, who, what... Uh, Almost every comic had writers. Has, who was famous for that, though? Um, was it the, the Honeymooner guy? What was his name? Gleason? Yeah, Jackie Gleason, I think, was, like, famous for having comedy writers and, like, telling people it was shit, but then, like, digging. I can't remember... 
I mean, where every, I heard that from, but I heard everyone that everyone had writers. Yeah, and they would treat the writers like shit. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are the ones who are coming up with the stuff. I am the star. So here's a question. So, uh, for all of you who are not comics, there used to be like a, and this was even back when I first started, um, before kind of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook kind of took off. But back in 1965, back in 1960, uh, the the old rule used to be. And it may still be the same rule, but the old rule used to be whoever gets it on TV first, that's their joke. Mm-hmm. But in the age of the internet, is that is that it? I mean, does that still count? Like, who's just, you know what I mean? Like, if you come up, because I, I definitely, and I know, I guarantee you've had this with another comic where you're like, oh, we're both talking, it's not the same joke, but we're both talking about the same thing. Uh-huh. And you go, you have that little like, all right, well, whose joke is it? Is it who does it better? But then egos get into it, or is sure. it? I mean, where's the? None of us are good arbiters of whether our thing is better than someone <laughs> exactly. else's. Exactly. That's uh, even if the audience chooses, we're like, man, there's a bad audience. Dumb this, fucking audience. Th- this whole fucking year, that audience has been dumb as shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when they clear, assholes. yeah, when they clearly choose, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, hmm, I think that there's multiple answers to that. I think. Whoever is doing something that's more organic, like if you and I were both doing jokes about Irish shit, okay, you would probably have the more organic take on it since I'm not Irish and you are. You know what I mean? Okay. To some extent, I think that's important. I don't know. With, with social media and the internet, it does make it very murky because everything's time stamped. Mm-hmm. Everything is dated, but no one seems to care. Like, if you have a joke and you put it on Twitter and you don't Google to see if anyone's made this joke before, like, maybe ten people who have no followers have made that joke. Yeah. And that's often the case. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, it never went viral, so how was I supposed to know? Well, I don't know. There was a comedian. I don't even want to call him a comedian. A just a straight thief, uh, an aggregator. His name... Uh, the Fat Jew? The Fat Jewish. Or the Fat Jew, or whatever. That's his handle. Fat Jewish. Yeah. But this guy, he, he he was stealing... I mean, he's still huge. He's got millions and millions of followers on Instagram and Twitter and shit. But he was bullied into giving credit <laughs> now, so that's why. Yeah, but now, but before, he, he got a book deal. I mm-hmm. saw his book in Barnes & Noble. And I almost went to a live event of his. <laughs> and, yeah, we talked close. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he also almost got a comedy, or he had a Comedy Central pilot until that, you know, people started talking up. And he will again, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Now that but, everything's died down. But that, that, I mean, that's kind of the point where I asked, like, TV is n- not the end all be all anymore because mm-hmm. there's multiple outlets. So I'm wondering, what is it? Just the uh, the consensus, like. If it goes viral, then the comedy community will talk about Because he, here's the thing that I've heard Joe Rogan say before, and I, I, I'm sorry to use him as gospel on this, but he really did uh, bring this into light more than anybody else. I mean, he's the one who's responsible for Mencia's exactly. thing. So he's he's kind of the patron saint of calling people out on this shit. So I kind of – I and, and here's the thing. If you guys want to know my stance on it, I, I'm, I think I'm 100% behind – what Joe Rogan uh, c- kind of laid his. If you want to hear my stance, just go listen to Joe Rogan. Talk Even about though it. the joke in question, like the biggest issue that they had was Mencia's "Who's going to build the wall?" joke. No, yeah, no, that that one uh, I, 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 I don't care about. Yeah. But his his gen- overarching general idea of uh, nobody gets, and I, I kind of agree with this. Nobody gets accused of stealing. If there isn't real evidence for it, and the reason is because I think, and myself included, I think us comics are so much pansies in this. It's true. Uh, we don't want to make waves because you know it, it. It is very much a communal business to where if you make too many waves and nobody wants to work with you or book you or God knows what else, and so if you're wrong, you're putting yourself out on a limb. It's very rare that someone gets accused of stealing. That doesn't have some. Uh, there isn't a kernel of truth. The, the kernel of truth. But here's the problem now. I've seen, especially with Amy Schumer, and this is where I, uh, I I fought with a few people on this. 
with Amy Schumer, she was getting accused of stealing from people who aren't comedians. Hmm. And so that's where I start having a problem. It's like, what do you? What, what does that mean? I'm, I'm a little well, confused. Well, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza? No, like Salon.com. Uh, or not Salon because they'd be behind her. But you know what I mean? Like, just... Like blogs. She's stealing from blogs. Uh, news aggregates would just, you know, some blog would go like, she's still, and then it just kind of starts mushrooming from there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well, fine. You could make the argument then that I have stolen from a quitting smoking pamphlet. <laughs> like, I have a bit yeah. about quitting smoking that the kernel of it came to me when I was reading this like this book about stopping smoking. No, I'm specifically saying they accused her from stealing from other comics. But you're saying non-comics. No, non-comics are accusing Amy Schumer, or did accuse oh. Amy Schumer from stealing from other comics. I thought you meant that people were accusing her of stealing from non-comics. No, 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 Okay, no, 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 no. That's, that seemed like, well, all right. Would, yeah, no, we all steal from non-comics. Yeah, my wife's written my whole act. <laughs> yeah. But fuck her. She's a goddamn doctor. Yeah. Um, but I, I now, the the case against Amy Schumer, she uh, she had a bunch of uh, ladies, like you said, and uh, accused her of stealing. And uh, a, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Emily Galati, she said something... Uh, I also kind of take to heart with joke stealing is if you couldn't turn it in as a paper uh, because you're worried about plagiarism, then you're joke stealing. Yeah, I think that's too simplistic, but it is definitely a, a place to start. Yeah, sure. I think it, I think it should be the, at least the baseline. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you can go case by case, but it it does make sense that if you're if if thirty percent of your act could be looked at as plagiarism. Then I, that's 30%. a yeah. I was gonna say that's pretty high. Yeah. Uh, but like now five, five sure five percent. But I, I was just going high. I guess I don't know why I was going <laughs> so high. It's very generous. Um, I think it's just because her closer was so similar to uh, Patrice O'Neill's on her HBO special. Mm-hmm. But um, so I, but the, but the reason you bring this up is you, you feel a little bit weird about the idea of non-comics police and comedians. Oh, I think that's the worst because they don't – I think I think in uh, – at least in my opinion, I think comics are more sub- or objective than maybe we give each other credit and we are given credit of. Um, what do you mean by that? We're objective with joke stealing because we – one, we live it, and two, we don't want it to come back to us. Mm-hmm. Any real artist of comedy knows how much work goes into this and uh, knows how devastating it would be if you were also accused of joke stealing. So we and we're cowards. So we know <laughs> we know how uh, how rough and devastating it would be to go through that. So I think we the the joke stealing and getting behind the joke. A lot of people accuse people of joke stealing. But it just kind of fizzles out because everybody's like, "Oh, they didn't do that." Yeah. But getting behind it, that's very—I think it's very rare. But I think I, comics I, actually recognize it in each other, going like, "Yeah, that's—it's like porn, like how the that Supreme Court definition." Yeah. The I don't. Uh, do you I don't know it? how to define it, but I know it when I see it. I think comics know that, but I don't. I don't think normal people do. I think normal people just like who they like, and mm-hmm. it's it's a competition to them. And I, the reason I say that is because how many times have you done a show where you're on the lineup and somebody will come up and be like, dude, I thought you were the best one on the show, while you're standing next to somebody who's on the show, and it's like, don't be a dickhead. It's happened you... to me much less than I've been the other comic. Okay. Well, That's happened to me a ton. <laughs> but you know how shitty that is where you're yeah. like, what? Okay. You, you don't have, it's not a competition up there. All we're doing is just, I, yes, I want you as my fan. I want to mm-hmm. be the funniest to you. But I'm not competing with anybody else because it's any given night, any one of us is whatever. So yeah, you you doing bad does not make me look good. Right, it's not a zero sum game. Thank you. Yeah, but like I don't, I'm not sure what exactly this has to do with outsiders judging. Just that they're because not, they don't have a good view of what we do. I I think outsiders in general take sides, whereas mm. comics take. Moral sides. I disagree with that. that I think that, okay. I think that ideally that's the case, but I don't think realistic. I think people like 
possibly you and I. We're... <laughs> I don't know. Are we, are we getting more elitist in yeah, our elite, yeah, elitism? Yeah, we are. All right, cool. Because I don't think that... Everybody knows I'm pretentious on here, so that's okay. I And I'm... The Maybe most. more so. Yeah, that's why that's why we're doing this. I don't think that most comics uh, are immune from that having their favorites and liking people and and status stuff. I really don't think that most uh, are any more elevated in their thinking about so- these sorts of things than, let's say, someone from Vulture or Jezebel. I think their I think their cowardice does. No, but see, that's the thing. You think it does the opposite? No. I think that social media especially has taken cowardice out of the equation. I think that there are a lot of people who are cowards, then there are a lot of people who are cowards in person and tigers online. <laughs> and then also, I think there are a lot of... I just got turned on for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> there's a lot of also uh, people who recognize that there's a bunch of sheep. Uh, not like in terms of following and stuff like that, but in terms of being defenseless creatures in stand-up. There's a bunch of cowards, so that naturally will attract wolves. And there are a number of people who are, are more wolfish than sheepish. I think that, that uh, in any community that's the case. When there's people who you can exploit, you'll be drawn towards it if you're an exploiter. All right, so there is... Uh, we didn't define shit. Nope. We just kind of talked about it. But, here, <laughs> so, I guess, let's at least try to define this. Okay. Before we wrap it up here. Go for um, it. So, is it, do you think the biggest issue in comedy, right, at least in the moment that we're living, um, do you think it's stealing, that there's a, there's a lot of stealing going on without people knowing or knowing and not taking care of it, or do you think there's a lot of parallel thought just because... Uh, comedy is so pervasive and easy to access with Netflix and uh, YouTube and Twitter? Or do you think it's just a lot of unoriginal people trying to make themselves look better? Those are my three options for the biggest problem in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yes, it is. I think that there's a sprinkling of unoriginal people. Okay. I think that there's a sprinkling of outright theft. But most of it probably comes down to carelessness and uh, parallel thought. I think that people oftentimes come up with similar things and not do the research to try and see, like, hey, has anybody done this? Yeah, yeah. You know, is this someone's joke? And if you don't do some sort of legwork, if you don't, like, try and figure out, has someone said what I'm saying before, you'll never know if what you're saying is, is authentic and new. I think that's a bigger problem. Do you think uh, I'm going to stroke my own dick for a second, but only as an example? Do you think people uh, are like me in that when they hear that their joke is unoriginal, they're so easy to drown that baby in the bathtub? No, I think that's good. No, I'm saying, do you think that a lot of comics do that? Because I know I think that's, I, I think that's a good behavior. I think that drowning the baby is a good thing to do. If someone I, tells I do you, too. I'm saying, do you think that is the norm or the exception? I think it's probably the exception. I think more really? people's ego will get involved and be like, my fucking shit is not unoriginal. No. I think that that's, that, that, you know. That's sad then. Well, think about it. Our job is to get up on stage and talk to people and be like, I'm interesting, listen to me. Yeah, yeah. If someone off stage is like, hey, you're not interesting because you didn't come up with this. The default position is obviously going to be, fuck you, I am interesting. Well, I do get that, and I think, see, I think I am the majority, because I think a lot of comics, if if you hear that once, you don't go, well, I'm not going to kill my baby because this one person told me. Mm-hmm. But if you have, my rule is five people. What if you have one blog? Oh, fuck a blog. I don't <laughs> okay. know. Nobody's ever going to write a blog about me. And if they do, hey, I like that. I like the attention. But if, up on the AV club. If I have five people, comics or otherwise, come up, this is my my rule. If I have five people, comics or otherwise, come up to me and go, hey, I heard that joke before, so, something like that. You need that, to check this. Yes. I'll check it. If I don't find anything, but people continue to say it up to five people, I treat it like someone, like five different people told me, hey, I'm a time traveler, and I know that your baby is baby Hitler. Mm-hmm. The first person that does that, no. But once you get up to five, that's a crazy story that five people... So I'm, I'm, maybe I'm crazy for drowning my baby, but it, maybe I'm saving everybody from Hitler. If... That's the weirdest analogy I've ever analogy, given on this podcast. I think at two, <laughs> at two, it's a crazy story. 
Because at one, it's a great story, but you probably ran into a crazy person. Yeah. At two, like maybe he's got a brother. Maybe crazy person has yeah, a brother. Yeah. They both have the same psychosis. Still, yeah, I killed that baby at two. <laughs> I mean, literal baby too. I'm not talking <laughs> no metaphors. I kill a baby. You heard it here first, guys. Uh, Dan Friesen kills babies after uh, two Hitler puns. Puns? There's, That's there's not There's been worse gossip about me. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I hope you've learned uh, something. I have not, but I hope you have. Uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we got to have this little chat about stand-up comedy. And like always, uh, thank you all for listening. Please uh, continue to uh, come back and listen. We have something every week, and we have old episodes. Go back and listen, and please fucking comment. All right, give me ideas. I want to keep bringing this stuff to you, but it's better if it's interactive. I only do this for you. I'm not doing this for fucking me. All it's right? not for me. Yeah, it's for nobody <laughs> but you. You're the ones listening out there. So just give it a listen and then comment. Say, hey, talk about, I don't know. I think I might talk about Ren and Stimpy soon. So that's a, one. See how fucking easy it is? Talk just, about Vaudeville. Yeah, <laughs> Vaudeville. <laughs> uh, also, do me a huge favor. Listen to uh, Freezing Point. You were on an episode recently. I was on an episode recently. Uh, Dan Friesen has his own podcast called Freezing Point. You can find it on iTunes. Yep. Stitcher? No. Nope. Nope, not Fuck Stitcher. Look, I'm getting on it. Okay, just, I'm fuck kicking, Stitcher for now. I'm kicking dust about it. You know, I'm just wasting time. Go to, uh, just go to Google, type in Freezing Point uh, into the search field. It'll come up. Freezingpoint.com. Dot com. There you go. Yeah. Or you can go to the URL mm-hmm. and uh, give that a listen. And you know what? Uh, like always, please continue to find your own funny. I, I try to educate and uh, have a good time with you guys. But go out and find your own uh, form of laughter, what you find funny, because I'm just one man and you're one person, so we try to find our own our own laughter in different ways. So go out there, try to find some laughter, and uh, you know what? Here's a here's a little homework. It's like Fight Club. Uh, tell somebody to fuck off in the next week. Yeah, just do it. Uh, you know, there's thieves and crooks and assholes out there. So, but 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 try and make it a situation where you're standing up for yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, don't just do it to like a Seven Eleven. Yeah, clerk. don't do that. But uh, he's having a bad day. Yeah, if you get slighted, and I'm gonna try, I'll do the same thing. Uh, if I'm gonna get slighted this week, because it always happens, and I'm gonna tell someone to fuck off, well, and I want you to do the same. You. Yeah, the world's against all of us. It's me and you guys. All right, yeah. we're in a cult together, the yes. Sam Rock Nation. All right. <laughs> all right, guys, I love you very much. Uh, join us next time on DTF Podcast with another episode, and I uh, love you all very much. Yeah.